Hey guys, just want to thank you guys for joining us. This is Candy and Candy in the Neighborhood and I have Pastor Mario here. We're going to kind of give the message that um, he preached yesterday at New Life Terrace Campus. And the message was, um, if God was for us. And it was talking about child, but actually it was talking about childlike faith and that God is for me. Um, so he's going to take a little bit what God was dealing with him as he was writing his notes and studying throughout the week, um, what God showed him about childlike faith. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to him. If you've never been with us, my name again is Candy and I am Candy in the neighborhood. And this is Pastor Mario Gomez and he is my husband. We um, are coming live from Bakersfield, California, and we usually um, have our people tell us where they're from, um, city and state, put in the comments where you're watching from. If you're from Bakersfield, please let us know what side of Bakersfield you're watching for, from, if it's the north, south, north, south, west, or east side. I always represent east side right here. So um, let us know where you're watching from and tag your friends, share if you think this information, um, you know, this word that we're giving out is helpful to anybody, tag them, share with them. That's what we are trying to do. We are trying to give you answers, life problems. There's a biblical answer to every life problem. So I'm going to let Pastor Mario go ahead and let you, um, you're going to read from Mark. He's going to go into Mark chapter 10. Yeah, definitely. Well, first we... Do you want to scoot over because I think it's just a little bit. Yeah, first we want to, again, welcome people and um, to the podcast. Don't forget, you could... If you don't find it live, if you can't get on there live, uh, you could listen to it on podcasts, on the Apple Podcasts, or um, Anchor for uh, other users. We're also on Spotify, so you could check us out there. But uh, we just want to say thank you for all everybody who's watching it and out there we're gonna wait for a few minutes or a few seconds let other people come on but yeah today's show is talking about is god for you and um i mean first let's think about when we were children um having childlike faith um there is a scripture in mark uh mark ten thirteen through 16 and i'll read it it says people were bringing the little children to jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child, God, like a little child will never enter it. And he who took the children in his arms placed his hands on them and blessed them. And so today we're going to use this as our foundational scripture on um, having faith like a child. I mean, I remember as a child, uh, some of the things that Eli. I, hey, what's hey, up, Eli? Eli and Gina and Gina. Um, uh, I remember as supposed to call her that in oh, the public. Oh, Andrea. Um, I remember when I was a kid, some of the things that I believed in, you know, like superheroes. And I said, you know, um, uh, fairy tales, the tooth fairy. Tooth fairy. Yeah, and then especially if you're Latino, um, the chupacabra, um, the llorona, um, any other ones? Cucuy. That, oh, the cucuy, right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, some of our parents would share with us these stories to 
keep us from being bad, or at least my dad did, mm-hmm. and that's what he would do. But you better go to sleep before the cuckoo. Yeah, I'm like, Dang, yeah, and I, and I remember as a kid, I would get a running start. Thank God I had a big enough room, but I'd get a running start uh, to run to <laughs> jump on my bed so that whatever was under my bed wouldn't uh, wouldn't, wouldn't grab my feet so <laughs> i remember these things that i would think and to hopefully uh there there we don't have any little kids on there but i don't know about you but growing up did you believe in santa claus yeah, and, and the I easter in bunny santa claus tooth fairy easter bunny i believed in the tooth fairy oh the white owl the lechuza Yup, yup. Never heard of yep, that one. Yup, the lechuza. Because and I was told that the the white owl was actually a witch that took figure as a white owl, and that she come and she would sit on your fence. Uh-huh. That she would bring bad luck. I don't know if that's what you um, had heard the wise tale that you um, heard, Eli. But that's what we heard. It was actually a witch, yeah. and she would um, take figure take the form of an owl. <laughs> And uh-huh. if she sat on your fence, you, bad luck is coming to your house. And so there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that... yeah, all kinds of things that we believe in, or mm-hmm. we might have faith in when we were kids. And and I remember growing up, you know, because I I do my my dad was a pastor, my mom was a pastor, so I grew up um, believing in God and them telling me about. God in that God was for me as a young child. Yeah. So my dad wasn't big on, you know, telling me about Santa Claus or um, he felt like that was a direct attack on the things of God. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, Santa Claus takes place of, you know, the birth of Christ. Yeah. And then the Easter Bunny took place of, you know, the... The, the resurrection. The resurrection. So my dad really didn't... I, I mean, he didn't tell us that there was no Santa Claus, he it's just he never really talked about it. And mm-hmm. so the reason why we bring this up is because as children, we believe certain things to be true because authoritative figures mm-hmm. tell us these things. Yeah. And as you know, as as life goes on, then what happens is you find out that your faith is shaken because of things that have happened in life. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, like I told you, I grew up, you know, in a religious home with two parents that constantly spoke the things of the Lord. Hey, mom, um, Alma. And so constantly spoke the things of the Lord. So because of that, I've always, you know, I had that foundation yeah. to, to hang on to. But as my life went on, I could see my faith being shaken because I would think sometimes like, if there is a God, why are people so mean? Mm-hmm. If, if there is a God, why do hey, bad things is. happen to good people? You know, if there is a God, well, and, and even if he is for me, mm-hmm. then why have these things um, were allowed to happen to me? So it yeah. started the attack on is God for me mm-hmm. happened when I was younger. Yeah. So... You know, from being ran over in the church parking lot, you know, to um, as I get older, things happening to me. I'm like, man, is God really for me? Or I mean, or is this some sick joke, you know, from losing my grandma, my mom's mom? Um, you know, her name was Vera. She was an amazing woman. And, and 
strong-willed and a lot like my mom and a lot like you and but she she constantly spoke um into my life and so when she passed away I was young and I was like man is you know it it shook my faith Mm -hmm. so all these things in life happen to us and we wonder is God for me is he for you yes so um, you know, we, we, we want to talk about that. Go yeah. ahead, Candy. So when you're, you're, we're reading that he says, I mean, he's saying that you must have childlike faith. And we talked about how, um, as children, we believe like in the Yorona and the Kukui and all these things, because we believe what they told <laughs> us. You Claus, see, so, yeah. so yeah, Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, all these, we believed it because that was what was told to us. So children will believe. They believe because they trust. And so um, in Hebrews eleven six it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So the problem is sometimes we might say, I believe in God. I believe in God. I trust God. But in reality, our actions and our behaviors say the opposite. Our our actions actually say, I don't trust you, God. I'm reading the word, but I really don't believe that you got me here. I really don't believe that God's for me in this situation because it looks like this. And so he's saying you have to have childlike faith. Childlike faith is if he says it, you believe it. If he says he will do it, then he will do it. That is you trusting him. So childlike faith is believing that anything is possible. Right. Do you right now believe that anything is possible? Do you truly believe that anything is possible? If the answer is no, then your faith is not childlike. You have some areas where you have to give to God and say, God, I don't believe that this is possible. You see, a child believes that anything is possible. A child will trust completely. If a father tells a child something, they believe it wholeheartedly. Do you believe God wholeheartedly? Do you trust God wholeheartedly? And not only that, like you know, as parents, sometimes... Uh, we do things to manipulate our kids to mm-hmm. do things that we want them to do. But the cool thing about our Heavenly Father, John the Beloved, talks about him is that it says that his love is perfect. Yeah. It's not like mine and yours, tainted, with strings attached. Um, sometimes we love like that. And yeah. um, But the cool thing is our Heavenly Father, our Holy Father, mm-hmm. is his love is perfect. He's nothing like, he's, <laughs> his love is not, when he tells you to trust him, it's not manipulation. No. He's not trying to manipulate you into trusting him, into believing him or anything. If God says it, it is true. The Bible says he is not man. He's not like man. Yeah. His, that he his would thoughts, lie. His like, thoughts, his he ways He is nothing so... like us. If he says he's going to do it, he will do it. He is able to do anything. And so that's where he's telling us he wants us to come back. To being a child like that, that we would believe what he says. And not only that, I want you to think about um, um, that total trust. Uh, A child is dependent 
on yeah. his father. Yeah, for everything. For and, everything. And when a when a father is caring or a for mother you, because, or a mother, because sometimes it, we don't have fathers in the house. Yeah, or a father or mother is caring for you. It, it means that they're caring for you consistently. Um, not just a weekend dad or a weekend mom. Mm-mm. No, you're talking about a father who cares for you consistently. So our heavenly father, he does this in our lives consistently. Yes. He consistently has us. And so this is the thing is I remember um, as a kid, I was terrified of 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 water. And mm-hmm. um, and I remember my dad teaching me how to swim. Mm-hmm. I would never leave his arms until I fully trusted him that he had me. And little by little, he would um, encourage me to leave his arms. And I could remember this because I was already older when I learned how to swim, when he taught yeah. me how to swim. And so it's no difference with our Heavenly Father where he he loves us. And with open arms, he gives us free will and free choice, whether we want to believe him or not. Yes. Whether And that's why, like, today's title is almost like a double meaning. Is yeah. God for you? Like, is he for me? Yeah, he's for me. He has me. Yeah. Or is he for you? Yeah, we know that he totally is for us. He's the way, the truth, the light. He's the answer yes, that people is. are looking for. Mm-hmm. People go, they run to other things, yeah. but our Heavenly Father is consistent and caring. We understand the Word of God says what? He stands at the door and knocks of our heart. Knocks. He's not... Um, He's not rude. He's a gentleman. He stands at the door and he's Mm -hmm. knocking at your heart and he's saying, hey, I want you to trust in me. Mm -hmm. I want you to believe in me. But because of our childlike faith has been tainted, because why? You might... You right now you might be dealing with an addiction, a sickness, uh, a parent is is not doing well, uh, a loss of a loved one. You might ask, well, if God is for me, why does He allow these things to happen to me? Mm-hmm. Doesn't He see me? And yes, He does see you. The Word of God says that He, it, n- number one, He knew you from the beginning of time. Right. It also says that he knows, right, the beginning, middle, end. Mm -hmm. So he knows the beginning of Mario, the middle of Mario, and the end of Mario. Yes, he does. So if he guides the steps of a righteous man, because that's what Scripture says. says. If he guides your steps, he will guide you, even if we make decisions that are totally not about Mm -hmm, him. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Remember that if you go back and I'm just thinking about King David, King David done messed up, but God (laughs) would, would put him back on the path. He would guide the steps of a righteous man. You see, I love you, Lord, but I don't make the right decisions all the time. I love you, Lord, and I want to give you my life. I want to surrender these areas, but I make bad decisions. But God is looking at my heart, at my intent, a heart, and he guides me. Even when I make bad decisions, he still is putting one foot in front of the other. Do you trust that God is guiding your steps? And let us prove it to you through scripture. When he says, right, he says this, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. 
So while you were out there in your dirt, while you were out there in your mess, when I was out there partying in Vegas like a rock star, when you were out there doing your thing, when you didn't even believe in him, he sends his only son to die on the cross for your sins and my sins of past, present, and future. Yes. How amazing is that to somebody who di- I didn't even deserve it? Yeah, and he was he he already thought about yes. me, paid in full. Yes. In, and this is the thing, is you guys know just as well as I know, in the kingdom of God, in church, there's a doctrine, a teaching that talks about, like, uh, people are saying, hey, you could do whatever you want under the sun. You could do whatever you want under the sun. It's not a big deal. They get grace and they dirty it up. And the, and, and that's not having, yeah, let's, that's not understanding the heart that. of God. Let's that, talk about that. Because one time me and Mario said, because I was, um, we were talking about grace and how God has, you cannot be saved by your deeds. I'm going to let you know that right now. We've (laughs) talked about it and I, I tried to really go at it. Like you cannot do or do not do anything to be saved. It is what Jesus Christ has done for you. In Ephesians 2, it says it is a gift from God, which is the grace of God. It is a gift of God. That way, no man can boast about it. This is something that is given to you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Because you believed in Jesus Christ, you are saved. Now, Mario's saying, well, how about the people that are just keep on sinning and keep on sinning and keep on sinning on purpose, the intent of heart to continue to sin and say, oh, well, if I just ask for forgiveness, we heard somebody that said, well, I know that Jesus will forgive me. So on my deathbed, I'll ask for forgiveness. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, just in case. But hey, let me tell you something. We can fool each other. You can fool me that you're a Christian, all holy and everything. I can fool you, but you cannot fool God. God sees the intent of heart. You don't, you don't, you think you're going to pull a fast one on God and say, I'm going to use grace (laughs) only, you know, like I'm going to use my last breath. I'm like, no, that person that was saying that, let me tell you, boo boo, you will get some type of sickness. Something's going to happen in your life. You're going to look for him before your deathbed because God sees the, the intent of heart. You see, you can't lie to God. So I don't have to worry if you're real or not real. That's your problem. Your heart is your problem, not mine. I'm telling you how to be saved. If you want to use the use grace as a cloak to sin, that's your problem. I'm, I get to preach the gospel on how to be saved. It's not by works, but because you are saved and because you love God and because he has changed your heart, you do good deeds. Right. So if you're continuously well, uh, sinning, then are you really saved or are you not letting God change you? And this is the thing is when we look in scripture, when we understand the meaning of grace, uh, I just started reading the book again, um, Grace Awakening by mm-hmm. Chuck Swindoll. Do check it out. It's an old school book. My dad gave it to me years ago. Candy's like, hey, have, uh, hey, haven't have you read this book? I, I bought like, I bought it for um for a person that is coming out of a very religious um denomination, and because she left the denomination, they're really, really um basically condemning her to hell because she left. So I bought this book for her, um, Amazing Grace. I read it all a while back. Right. Um, so I just told him, hey, can you read it? 
you know, go through it before I send it to her um, because I can't really remember everything that I had read about it and I had been doing too much homework. But tell us, what are yeah. you seeing through uh, it? When I started reading it, one of the cool things that I, I noticed about grace is when we start understanding God's grace, like what, what he's done for us in our life, our life will start reflecting that of Jesus. Yes. We will we'll okay. start looking more like him. Question. If you start understanding grace, mm-hmm. will you sin more or sin less? Sin less. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's you, it. So you, you don't have to be asking the. You don't have to worry about. Oh well, you know, is somebody using grace as a cloak? Because if you really understand what Jesus did for you, every whoop, beaten nail that went in his hands and his feet, everything that he went through, you don't want to sin. Right, right. You don't want to sin, man. You wouldn't want to use grace as a cloak. You want to do the right well, thing. You want to please him. Yeah, and it's like when you're in a relationship, you know, he, so I'm in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's almost like when we use grace um, you know, I say like dirty grace, like we'll just go out and sin and we don't care. And we're, you know, obviously I wouldn't be understanding grace, but it would almost be the equivalent of me and you were in this marriage relationship and I'm constantly going out on you. You know what I'm saying? I'm constantly stepping outside no, of, no. That's suicide. <laughs> I'm constantly stepping outside of our marriage. I'm constantly stepping outside of our relationship. Baby, so, that would be suicide. <laughs> suicide. But, but think about it. I mean, some of us, we, we treat our relationship with Jesus, with our heavenly father that way. Where where it's easy just to step mm-hmm. out. It's easy, like, oh, he's going to forgive me anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. Well, you know? well, sometimes you have that. And sometimes you have people that hate what they're doing. Yeah. They hate, they keep on sinning and they hate what they're doing. What I'm going to tell you about that usually, that is because you have strongholds and things that are holding on to you. You feel so guilty. And I'm glad that you feel guilty. It's not guilty. It's called con- condemn. I mean, not condemnation. It's conviction. conviction. It's awesome that you feel conviction because that means the Holy Spirit is still speaking to you and the Holy Spirit is telling you to repent. You see, conviction leads to repentance. Condemnation um, leads to guilt and to feeling ashamed. And so sometimes when you, you feel you don't know the difference and you're like, dang, I feel bad. I feel guilty. It, it's probably conviction because the Holy Spirit is telling you you shouldn't be doing this. And it's an awesome thing to feel that. That's that's great because then it leads you to asking God for forgiveness. And you may be entrapped to some type of sin that you hate that you do it. And all I can tell you is give it to God. Give it to God and you're going to have some type of self-discipline too to get yourself away from what it is. If it's sexual sin, stop answering that text message at booty call hours. Stop answering the phone after 10 p.m. Okay? Okay. So you're going to have to make some boundaries, but you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. I'm going to tell you right now, you will not be able to do it by yourself. But if you ask God, God, help me with my sexual sin, Lord. I give this part of you to you, Lord. Help me. And then you put boundaries like I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm turning my phone off at 10 p.m. And then when I feel the need to call her or to call him, 
get on your knees and start praying and worship God. That's how you're going to fight that. Okay. So there could be different things. How about food? Let's talk about food because gluttony is horrible. That's what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. We would usually um, be just going to the fridge out of comfort, comfort eating. Yeah. So now what do we do? It's just like, you know, situations of life there sometimes there's a residue or consequences of those things Mm -hmm. and maybe my divorce or the loss of my brother didn't cause me to be a drunk but it caused me to run to tacos and burritos Mm -hmm. it caused me to to overeat it caused Mm -hmm. me to do certain things you know that that wasn't healthy for my body i mean i'm looking right now hey look at i got a neck now 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 you could choke me out before i didn't have a neck but I say that be- I find ways. <laughs> I say that because a lot of times what happens is when we're dealing with uh nature, our our fleshly nature, our you know, sin, the thing that mm-hmm. separates you from God. It could mm-hmm. be a thought, it could be a relationship, mm-hmm. it could whatever it may Gossip, be. Gossip, dude, or or yeah. cussing. Or- how about how about it says don't curse so much? Every other word sometimes is cussing, but then on Sunday you you praise God and it's like <laughs> that, that that I'm yeah. telling you, this was mine too. This was mine. So if you're anybody's hearing She was a sailor, so I was you a sailor. Imagine. I was a Navy sailor, so you can imagine what came out of my mouth. So I really asked God, Lord, take it away from me. Really take it away from me. I don't want to be cussing. And he did. He did. But you know what? I found out how, um, what made, what would trigger me? What would trigger me to cuss when I was frustrated and when I was mad? So I started saying other things like, fudge or um, I started using other words and then eventually I just stopped so I had to catch myself so I submitted that part to God and I really asked him and really to tell you the truth it wasn't hard at all once I really prayed I was crying to God like God please I don't want to be cussing I don't want my kids to hear me cuss all the time and then at church saying hallelujah praise God like I don't want them to see that and dude it went away like yeah. it did. So it, it went away yesterday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And gossip. Okay, that was another one of mine. Because I'd be like, what? Who said what? Chismito. I used to love the chismito, right? And so I love getting a good cheese drinking some coffee and getting some good cheese That was like gossip. Gossip. So, but I said, you know what? I need to stop this. So you know, I could catch myself still sometimes. It's with certain people that I'm like, what? What happened, honey? What? But I have to stop myself. And I'm like, ooh, uh-uh. No. Don't yeah. don't get into that. But I had to ask God too. Lord, take away my need to want to gossip about people. Why do I want to talk about people? What does that do for me? You see, when you gossip about other people, it makes you feel superior. It makes you feel better. So I said, what about myself that I don't like? I there, used to add there to was it. A lot, there was a lot... I, you do. I add to it. Just so it sounds more interesting. Salsa los tacos. I'm just kidding. I, I would do that too. I'm sometimes just kidding. I would do that. If, nah. I didn't, if I didn't like you and the cheese was just too plain, I'd add a little bit. So they didn't like you like even that. more. Mm-hmm. But God forgive me. I uh, wasn't okay. trying to use grace as a cloak. Okay, let's go back to childlike faith because I have a few more things for you. What are you going to talk about right now? Let's talk about um, why does God want us to have this childlike faith? I have a few more. Just, just these I wrote down. It says in verse 15. 
I assuredly tell you on what what you were reading, Mark 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. 15. I assuredly tell you, or other version says, truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive or welcome the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. How do, okay, so I'm like, okay, this is important. Jesus is saying, if I don't receive the kingdom or welcome the kingdom like a child, I can't enter it. These words are important. Verse 15 is important for me. So I'm like, okay, I can't enter it if I don't receive it like a child. So then I started to think, well, how do I receive the kingdom of God like a child? And you know what came to my mind? My Ariana, my little granddaughter. You know, when she sees my truck pull up to her house and she looks through the window and she sees me coming. I mean, better than Disneyland. It's like, like, I feel like I'm Disneyland. She looks through the window and I could see her mouth. Nana, like the loudest ever. All her curly hair everywhere, probably boogers on her. And then as soon as they open the door, she runs. It's like full throttle. She's like running towards me. And I just like arms wide open. She receives me. And she's like, Nana, like, I'm like, baby, she seen me yesterday. I'm sorry. She just seen me yesterday and today she's running full force at me with open arms. And that's when I got like, that's how God wants us to receive the kingdom of God. That's how he expects us to receive him. If you cannot receive God with that childlike faith and, and, and that, and that childlike belief, You can't enter the kingdom of heaven. So these words are important to me. Lord, how can I receive you? How can I receive your kingdom like a child? And I wrote a few things down. Children will receive you with open arms. They are excited and joyful when they see you. They're so excited. Except Theo Joe. Joe's on right now. They don't like Theo Joe because Theo Joe spanks them. So yeah. they're like, they don't receive Theo Joe with yeah. open arms. My nieces and nephews, that, and, and now Angie, she... You know, I would always tease them. I'd, Your favorite game. Yeah, my favorite game. If you ask my nieces and nephews, they'll be like, we know, whip the whip kids. Whip the kids. Right? Like, Angie knows, like, She's all already. like, I don't want to play whip the kids. Yeah, I don't like that game, whip the kids. I'm like, all right, let's play who could go to sleep the fastest. <laughs> His or, games are horrible. Or who could be quiet the longest. Okay, so let's talk about this. Children will receive will receive you with open arms. They're joyful. They're excited. Let's talk about this. Children forgive easily. Especially Have if you, you buy them ice cream. Yeah. No, I want you to think about some kids. Kids, any of you, your kids, when they're full go, going at it with their cousins, the neighbors, they're cussing them out sometimes, fighting. If they're a little bit older, you start hearing some words. You're like, wait, hold up. And then you start putting your hair in a bun because their mama came out. And then you want to fight the mama. I don't know if. That don't happen on you? Okay, I'm talking about east side. So on the east side, if the mama come out, then I'm coming out too. So I'm just saying. But because parents will get all mad. So now I'm mad at her. I don't want to talk to her. And now our kids are playing again. Why are our kids playing when they were the cause of us fighting? Because kids forgive easily. The reason why kids forgive easily is because they live in the now. They live in the right here and the right now. I want you guys to hear this because this one's important. 
They do not live in the past. Children live in the here and now. So if God is saying, I need you to have childlike faith. If you're not like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You have to forgive. You have to let go of the past because you have to live in the here and now. Nothing exists. No past exists. No future even exists. All You don't even know if you're waking up tomorrow. The only thing that really exists and that you have is the present right now, this moment, right now. That's all you have. You don't have the past anymore. It's, it's gone. A minute ago, it's gone. And you don't have the future because it hasn't came yet. And you don't know if you're waking up in the morning. All you have is now and children live in the present. So God needs you to be like a child and be able to forgive and live in the here and now. Yeah. And, and as grownups, as as we know, it was it's more difficult for us to forgive. Mm-hmm. How about the uncles that haven't been talking for years and they forgot about why they even got into an argument? Yeah, years. Right? Years I mean, of fighting. Like, Your kids grew like, up or Or let's um, bring it home. You hear that that person's name or they walk into the room and they could change your whole atmosphere, your attitude. Dude, they have so much power over you because, uh, believe me. And then what you do is when you see them, you take them out of your heart and you're like, and then you put them back in there for later. I know none of you, but, you know, yeah, definitely. Sometimes we do these things. And so it's, it's. We need to understand forgiveness. The Lord has forgiven us. He paid the full price, full price. And if and if you think that he isn't for you, then there would have been no need for him to come. Wow, this is a no need for him. To... I don't know if you guys, what's a requisito? Yeah, what is that? A requirement. Oh. This is a requisito to enter the kingdom of heaven too. And to be forgiven. Because you have to be forgiven to enter the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that if you can't forgive, your heavenly father cannot forgive you. So you have to forgive. And you know what? God isn't trying to be mean and say like, oh my God, you need to forgive. Because, you you know, it's forgive. Unforgiveness is bad for you. It's like a cancer to you. It's a cancer to your soul. It brings bitterness. You're holding on to somebody that doesn't even think about you. It's like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I seen a meme say that. <laughs> yeah. You're drinking poison and expecting the other person that ain't even thinking about you. Don't even know that you're that mad at them. Them to die. But you're killing yourself so slowly with unforgiveness. Yes. Let's okay. move on to the next point. Next I just want to say something real quick. Though. Like when when Jesus calls the children, notice that he didn't say, hey, before you get on my lap, before I lay hands on you, you need to clean yourself up a little bit. Because I know when I was a little kid, I remember um, on purpose, I would put worms in my pocket just to freak out my mom, you know, because I was a little prankster, you know. Yeah. So I, dude, I, I mean, I remember I have pictures like I, I hated blowing my nose. So yeah, I was the kid, and then I was dark. So I had the streaks that went like here, like my cheeks were always shiny from, from the boogers. And you have boogers the, on your arms. Yeah, but man, it, it was like moisturizer. <laughs> right? I mean, it was shiny. But I was I was that kid, like right, always out there messing oh, around. I grew up and, in the hood, so I know exactly yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. So I mean, everybody had one of those kids. Well, I was uh, I was that kid too, and my mom would go crazy mm-hmm. because she's like, oh, people are gonna think you know that <laughs> I don't take care of you. But I was like, whatever. But think about it. In this scripture, 
He says, no, let them come. They stink, too. Uh, I'm sorry, kids stink. Yeah. They smell like do- wet dogs. Sweaty puppies. Sweaty puppies. Heck and sometimes yeah. like booty, too, because they oh. don't know how to wipe right. Kids yes. don't know how to wipe right. So they come and sit on your lap. So I'm like, dang, Jesus had all these little kids. And right? they didn't have no toilet paper back then. Okay. Oh, my God. Wait. So then they stink. He calls the kids over. He says, no, let them come. And they came as they are. They didn't clean up. Mm-mm. They came as they are. And so it's a picture that shows us like we're his we're his children. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, Come as you are. Uh you the sin that you have in your life, the bad attitude, the hurt, the storms, come as you are. Come. Yes. He and he welcomed them. Yes. And it says that he laid hands on them and he blessed them. And tonight the Lord wants to bless you. He wants you to just run to him yes. in the situation that you're that you're in and the storm of life that you're in. He's saying, Hey, come. He he didn't say, Hey, sober up first, or wait, remove those tattoos, or or um, you know, he he didn't say any of those mm-hmm, things. He mm-hmm. says, come as you are. Word of God says, come as you are and I will give you rest. Yes. You know, I, I and I, I was tired of running. I was tired of running. I wanted rest. I wanted peace. Yes. And I found it when I ran to him mm-hmm. and, and he mm-hmm. came with open arms. So yeah. I, that's the point that I want to talk about. But go ahead. Next yeah. One. I mean, right there. That childlike faith. Yeah. That childlike children are innocent. They love wholeheartedly. We have to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. And and one of my last one is like children are humble. They are the least. They are the least. And so sometimes our pride gets in the way. Sometimes um, what we think or, or we're worried about how other people see us or think about us, get in the way. You know, we just need to come back to the basics. We need to come back to the basics. Uh, you'll live your whole life trying to, you know, build an empire here in the world. And you're gone in a minute. Yeah. You're, the, you're scripture gone. Scripture talks about it. It talks about what good is it that you gain the whole world and lose your soul? You lose your soul. What good is it? it none of that is going with you. You're not, not taking any of that. And, you're not taking anything. And as you know, I like nice things. I like good yeah, things. I do. like good running shoes. Mm-hmm. I like going to see the Dodgers. I love Dodger hat. I mean, I, I like traveling. I like traveling too, you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it, what good is it to gain the whole world mm-hmm. and lose your soul? Is God for you? Yes, yeah. he is for you. All those things do not supersede God's peace. No. Dude, peace of mind. I have peace of mind. And we've gone through some struggles. Dude, like four years ago, I lost my 10-year-old child. Yeah. I don't know if just anything. That was one thing out of so many things that were happening at that time. It was a cluster in my life at that time. And I had peace in the midst of that storm. I was going through court on three different cases while my child died. While I'm grieving my child. I come home one day, my roof is is caved in from the rain and the storm. I said, what? 
my finances went down. It's because you were in sin, sister. That's what a lot of people <laughs> said. Yeah. But, you know, and I just said. Read the story of Job. Yeah. It'll crush that doctrine. It, it'll crush that teaching. But yeah, I thing, mean. I mean, no, bad things happen to good, good people. people. And that's the thing is, is no matter what, if you could look back in your life and say, okay, or even right now, what I'm going through. It, God is for me. It could He's have, for it you. could be much worse. It could be much worse. You know, I was talking to um one of my friends and I know he won't mind me sharing. Uh he was telling me that he uh it, he he ended up in a wheelchair, he got a stroke. And um I get to hang out with him every Sunday. I, I pick him up for church and it's just dude, I just see him. It's a struggle for him to even get in my Jeep, you know. And, uh, but just his attitude and his faith that he has in Christ, he doesn't complain. Mm -hmm. I've never heard him complain once. And man, what it does to me, you know, as far as my faith in Christ, you know, is like, man, I, I I need to be humble. We should be humble. We should be grateful. Um, the Lord does have us, but let's get to the next point. Yeah. I'm thinking about him. He does have faith. Yeah, he, he has, has faith. faith. Dude, this guy, he's like, I'm going to walk again, right? And then he texts his candy, and he's like, dude, I walked so many steps. He walked and... 160 feet the other day. Yeah, yeah. And he had a stroke. He wasn't, his foot was like like this, stuck like this. And so now his foot is going down. So, I mean, we're just praying for him, and I keep on telling him, like, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, you God's will be you. do it. God is for you. Yeah, you're going to do it. You're going to run. He told me, in 2020, I'm going to walk. I said, no, brother, you're going to run in 2020. You're yeah. going to be running. I told him we're so, going to do a 5K together, and yeah. he just looks at me, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's so, really cool. Go for so, it. So, okay, let me leave you guys with this one. With the scripture, which goes along with the childlike faith. And that's Matthew chapter 10. So if you guys didn't catch it in the beginning, Mario um, read Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to read Matthew chapter 18. And it starts with verse 2. He called the little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change, meaning we have to change. Because life has hurt us. We have had painful things. We had had life situations. We've had um, people stab us in the back. That has changed our childlike faith. It's changed our childlike faith. So he's saying you must change. You must change it back to like a child. So you must change and become like little children. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly place position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of God and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me we must become childlike and that doesn't mean that you believe everything and don't go on that end of the spectrum you must become childlike in your faith and you must trust God and believe that he is for you and that he has you. And he knows the situation you're in. The situation that you are in is not to hurt you or harm you. It's to make you better and wiser and stronger. And James chapter 1, it talks about that we are supposed to count 
it as joy. We are supposed to count these trials yeah. and tribulations Affliction. as joy because these afflictions, these struggles, that painful, your heart being broken, yes, that is part of the plan to make you persevere. Persevere is stand, not movable, not shakable. And it says you will need nothing because you will understand even in the storm that you have everything because you have Jesus. So, childlike faith. Super important. Hey, um, we're coming to a close. If you guys have any questions, we'd like to converse with you guys. Um, We'll stay on a few few minutes. If you want us to field any questions about is God for you, we're here to... To answer some questions for you, you're more than welcome to um, comment, and uh, we'll we'll answer answer them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for podcast, we're gonna say yeah. goodbye. So go ahead and turn off the podcast, babe, because we're gonna be done with the podcast. But we're gonna answer some questions on Facebook.